What's up, podcasters? We're back, Six Guys Talking, and today we got Austin. What's up? Brett. What's good? McLean. Howdy. Myself, Archer. Matthew. Hi. Russell. Yo. Trenton. What's up? David. Hey. And our new addition to the crew, Gavin. Howdy. All right, so today, our topic of the day, we're talking about esports. And a lot of this has been, you know, a lot of people don't exactly know what esports are or has a lot of stigmatism around it because people are like, oh, obviously, you know, it's not a real physical sport, but it is, it has a lot of things, there are a lot of things to it, and we decided to delve into that today. So our first point is talking about some of the scholarship opportunities that esports provides. I know, for example, that uh, I actually recently, one of the letters I received from colleges was that. Concordia University actually has, I believe, has an esports team. They offer scholarships for that, and there's a lot of scholarships nowadays for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of money that people are starting to like get due to this because uh, colleges are starting to realize that this is like the new wave kind of thing. They're realizing that esports is actually going to be like a like a sustainable thing in the future. I feel like. And just seems like the popularity of the whole deal just kind of skyrocketed. So all the colleges like adjusted and like, oh, if everyone's doing this, we can give them these opportunities to come to our schools and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like the, the viewership numbers on some of these events are yeah. absolutely insane. Like some of some of them clock out in like over the hundreds of millions mm-hmm. for because you can just watch it online. You don't need like a special TV subscription or anything. You can just get online, watch it, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And also the thing with this is, you know. Not everybody can play these, you know, like these physical sports like football and basketball or baseball or all these things. Mm-hmm. But anyone can play a video game. Like obviously, you have to buy a console or right. buy a PC or something. You may not be like the best at it, but if you're not physically, you know, adequate to do these, yeah, if if you're not really great at sports, you can still learn like esports or you can learn video games, and right. they're still just, you know. Some yeah. of us are bad at sports and esports. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, Brett. Uh, yeah, thinking about around us, currently one of the um, uh, one of the top uh, esport teams in the country when it comes to college is actually Bellevue in Nebraska. Really? That's cool. Yeah, they've uh, they're one of the first ones that started it, uh, and from what I'm looking at right here, they started in the fall of 2017, and hmm. they continue to have pretty decent scholarships for it. So. Yeah, even around here, it's been around for uh, a short while now, and scholarships are a real thing for it. See, McLean has something pulled up. What do you What do you got there? I'm just looking at scholarships for esports. I mean, I feel like uh, as many colleges are adopting esports as a as a thing, there's probably a lot that are still kind of holding back on it because they don't know how good it can be for the students and. How actually serious people take this because there are still you know the naysayers that say oh what's the point of this these these are just little kids games and stuff like that but that that simply just isn't true at this point well, I've seen like these like jokes when they're like the like mom walks in the son's room and it looks like he's like reading his book right like playing a game or like faking like being on his uh, video game and like what he wants to read and it's like are you seriously reading when you should be playing video games 
because like obviously they, the parent thinks that they can make a lot more money with video games and like a lot of the time not a lot of time but like sometimes that's like really true and like millions more you can get from video games actually like with the esports like majorly i don't know what it's called like the main just e- uh, e-sports, e-sports, e-sports in general. Pro leagues are, I mean, it's esports is like the televised and yeah. basically every, every professional level, that's just kind of generalized under esports. Yeah. But piggybacking off of that, like, people don't realize how much money is actually made at these. Like, obviously, being, like, hired on for, like, a season of a sport, at, at right now, at the current point, because e-sport, esports is still relatively new. Com- obviously, compared to sports, it's incredibly new. But there's so much money that's in these. Like, I believe uh, Love or Hate the Game, um, Fortnite, at, like, the biggest event of the year, like, I believe the prize pool was something like, wow, was it, like, $10 million or something? It was, top, it was a lot more. Was it more? Was it more than that? Because the first, first, winner get like the first one was a hundred million. million. Three million. Three million. Yeah, and it was just it like some teenager that came through and swept it and got a hundred million off. Well, all of them. Well, well, the average old. age there was like fifteen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. And there were and there was a lot of pros there actually too. So if you think put that into account, mm-hmm. imagine how lower, mm-hmm. how much lower that must. Well, the thing is, there's no specific age group to be a pro at a video game. Obviously, the longer you've played them, the more experienced you are. But you can start just about any time. At that event, there was solos, duos, and and that's it. There's no there's and there's a hundred people per lobby. And just to get into the tournament, it was fifty thousand dollars guaranteed. Yeah, last place fifty thousand dollars. Really? Place. Yep. Yeah. So if you qualified for the event yeah. and you got last place, dead last place, your whole trip's paid for. Yeah. Well, I'm they sure pay it's for already everything. paid for. They pay for yeah. everything. You got a, a dope hotel. All your family to come to. And to then pay for that. you also have fifty thousand dollars that you win Jeez. just for getting last place. Yeah, pe- people are just, pe- like, obviously, the chance of going pro in esports is still very difficult. While it may be slightly, you know, m- more possible than professional sports, because when you bring in professional sports, you, you deal with genetics and physical ability. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, it's still difficult to get into esports because you need, you know, you need the skills to learn how to play the games and adapt and all that. But, like, there's so many people treating this like it's not a career option. But at this point, that's not true anymore. Like, it does depend on the game you play, however, because some of, like, like we were talking about Fortnite, that's one of the biggest names in gaming. Like, obviously, it's kind of declined a little bit, but it's still such a big name. So these prize pools are huge. Like, you, all these people, like these games that have been around for a while that have so much publicity, that have been given so much money because people are constantly buying things in the game, people are constantly buying the game itself, things like that. They can make these huge prize pools. And then recently I watched a video talking about a, uh, a fighting game called Tekken, if you've ever mm, heard of it. Yeah, Tekken. And the like biggest championship of the entire year, the prize pool's like 7,500. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, Street Fighter 2, I know, still has a lot of money coming in and out when it comes to tournaments. And Street Fighter 2 is like a, like an extremely old game nowadays, and it's still you can still get a lot of money if you're good at it, and it's relatively simple too. Yeah, and like the growth the growth of esports has only been increasing because lately, like I know a lot of obviously I'll I'm kind of partial to this, but like uh, one of the big one of the biggest names in esports right now is League of Legends, along with like Counter Strike and things like forever. that. 
Yeah, it's honestly I the the two really realistically the two biggest name in esports is either League of Legends or or Counter Strike Global Offensive. Like there's no in between. Like or those Fortnite. are just Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite was up well, there. It's well, well, yeah. Fortnite yeah. I feel like is a new player to the game, whereas mm-hmm. uh, the other two have been around. The other two have yeah. been around for a, a very long but, time. But I mean, if you whether you like love it or hate it. Like, it's definitely gotten a lot of publicity for esports, Fortnite has, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, and definitely. And it's, like, it's good for the for the whole video game industry in general. Well, it's I feel like Fortnite was the most recent one that was popular before it got to esports and then blew up, whereas we've all known, like, League of Legends and CSGO mm-hmm. to always be in esports, whereas Fortnite kind of blew up with us and then went to the esports world. So, yeah. like, we had an opportunity to play it and... I guess really get to know the game before it blew up so you have people who have never gone to a tournament or anything their first time is in Fortnite. Yeah, cuz yeah. I think since it was free, like everyone could get it and there's like no cost obviously and like everyone could play it, everyone anyone could get interested in it, whoever how however many that'd be. <coughs> so like the publicity and how it skyrocketed is that everyone had the opportunity to. I mean if a game comes out in 60 bucks, you're going to want to buy the free one compared to the $60 one if you had the option to. Like, pay or not, you're going to get the free game. And then you're going to play it however much you want, but then if everyone has the opportunity to, of course it's going to get popular. And I feel like the fact that it was free also kind of legitimized, the like, esports in general to the general public mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. the first yeah. one that was, like, before it was an esport, it was a household name. Like, everyone's kids knew about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it became an esport, it wasn't out of the blue for most people. The interest was already there, was. Yeah. So I feel like that made it, like, it was one of the esports that people actually started talking about independent of gaming, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's one where, like, our whole generation had the same start point on it because it came out while we were all, like, getting into video games. So everyone had the same start point, the same chance to grow as opposed to an established game where you have to try to catch up. Mm-hmm. It was you're thrown into the, the the deep end on one game, but yeah. everyone is together, so. Exactly. And a lot more games also are becoming, like, these tournament settings. Like, I know, mm-hmm. like, uh, a game that's been popular for a little while now, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, they have big tournaments, obviously. I, I remember reading what the prize pool was, and it was, I think it was... I think it was a million for the first team. Uh, uh, yeah, about yeah. about a million, like 800,000 to a million, How many something are, like are that. on a team? Uh, five. Four. Yeah. Typically five. five and a coach. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, there could be like people. Yeah, there could be alternate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, like with the also with these esports as well, um, there are set teams that basically like these big names in gaming that go in, compete at these events, and like the whole team wins the prize money. Like they actually have coaches, backups, yeah, they're all these different things. Like, yeah. To a contract, and they get paid. Like much more similarly to sports organizations, mm-hmm. yeah. and like I think it's giving credit athletes. for whether they win or not. They still get paid. It's exactly. what it guarantees. Yeah, and like like uh, like actual like sport teams, physical sport teams, and like um, NASCAR drivers. These are also starting to get like brand deals. A lot of people are starting mm-hmm. to like get sponsors from yeah. people like they get a lot like of endorsements. Alienware mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. like. Bigger esports typically start household computer names that everyone knows are starting to sponsor these esports. Well, the same thing is people always ask, like, where the money comes from. Well, yeah, they can come from sponsorships, but just straight viewers, too, get them money. Like, Like, here it says, in 2017, 100 million people watched the League of Legends World Championships 
and 98 million people watched the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was about That's to crazy. just bring that yeah. up when you started it's, to say. It's absolutely huge um, in, like, more Asian countries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like a big thing. Like, um, it's already established there. Like, some of the best teams come out of, the, like, especially Korea. Uh-huh. They have some For of sure. the yeah, most South talented Korea. and best teams. Respect, like, yeah. the, the number one uh, player in the world comes from Korea. So. And uh, mm-hmm. when McLean was talking about how, like, a lot of money of a lot of money from these tournaments actually come from the viewers. That reminded me of um, 2019 and 2020 when League of Legends had one of its bigger, bigger tournaments. A lot of the prize money actually came from donations uh, and Twitch streams when it came to people commentating. So they typically tend to fund themselves even if they don't get outside support. Yeah. And uh, I just looked up for the CSGO world champion. Um, While there was um, 173,000 fans in the stadium for the event. There was also 46 million online watching. So they, regardless of how many people they can have there with these online events, there's so many people more watch, watching. And with the platforms they use, like Twitch, YouTube, mm-hmm. maybe even their own website and things like this, it's so much easier to count the viewership. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like you know exactly. Like some people... You have that number. Even right there, depending yeah. on how you're watching it, the people at home even know how many people are watching. Yeah. Like, so you know how popular these events are. Mm-hmm. And, and depending on what, uh, what esports you're watching, it's also, it's also really easy to, like, follow. Like, if you're talking about... Uh, like maybe Rocket League. Rocket League's coming back as an eSport. It was major, majorly popular in 2017, but it's coming back. I feel like that's one like really easy for people to actually follow and get into. I feel like that's one of the more viewable, watchable from an outside perspective. From yeah, I agree on that. Like personally, I have zero clue what's going on in League of Legends, but like in Rocket League, I it's just soccer with Rocket cars, League so you know like, what's going on. It's a game about um, like these cars, and it's like soccer, and they hit the ball back and forth. Right. It takes a lot of skill, a but of skill. it's mm-hmm. yeah. super easy to watch. Yeah, which the, I think there are a lot it's of cool diff- to watch. like with how many different <laughs> esports there are. There are definitely ones that are more complicated. Some games that. From an outside standpoint, you're not going to just pick up and watch. Like you know. League like, of Legends and StarCraft. And yeah, oh, especially StarCraft. I have no idea what's going I've, on with StarCraft. I've, it's so I, weird. I've watched a lot of StarCraft content, and I can still tell you, over half the time, you can't really follow it. You can't really understand <laughs> Unless you play the game. They are the only way. person that knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how they put it in tournament settings. It's weird. It's really weird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. And let's see. And then... Another one of our points is that with the rise of esports um, being a real possibility, and I believe some some high schools already probably have adopted this by now, mm-hmm. but it gives people a chance to participate in something that they may be interested in more than sports. Because I, for one, am not huge into sports. Like I'll watch it here and there, but one of my you know one of my pastimes, hobbies, favorite things to do is I'll play video games. And if this would if it gives you a real chance to be competitive, to bring that passion of something you enjoy to do into a environment where you can play against other people, maybe earn prizes and stuff like that. Like that's a that's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing to play. Like it's fun playing against other teams. Mm-hmm. And if you establish yourself with your own team, then you know it. It promotes you know new friendships, new opportunities, team building, team working, or team orientation play, and just like you know, it gives you a whole new chance to it learn these new like, skills. It gives you all the skills like that people would 
like learn from other like sports that involve physical activity? I think mm-hmm. I think schools would be absolutely shocked at the amount of support they would get from an esports team. Uh, like how many people would watch, how many people would be into it. <laughs> Because Even that's if, what that's like, what kids yeah. do these days. I don't is think they, they play video games. It would I don't be, think they get more popular in regular sports. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. Because even your typical athletes go home and play video and play games. Video yeah. Games. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. That's the thing is you have people who do both a lot of the time, and I don't think the schools realize you that know, as much. You're getting more of the younger generation, you know, <clears throat> that has that grew up with some sort of video games. Now have kids in school, and they would all be for it. You know, we're kind of. You know, our parents most likely didn't really grow up with right. much video games at all. It's just like a little Nintendo. Super, yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah. like Nintendo when you look, you know, 12 years behind us in the kindergarten, all those parents grew up mm-hmm. with video mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also, and that's when of, it's going to blow up. A lot yeah. of Nebraska schools are actually seeing this right now because as of this year there are 26 different schools in our area that have their own esport team really even schools as small as like alma and jaring we uh even like even like amherst and um amherst and like um (laughs) watt hill Walt Hill. You all know where that is? No. no, no I no. don't, but it has its own esports team. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is, like, if there's a college scholarship, like, that's available for esports, People then it should be offered in high school, mm-hmm. too. Like, if there's college um, uh, sports scholarships, and that's offered in high school, why wouldn't like the esports you, be know, offered in high school? If you can't play it in high school, how are you going to prove yourself for that a college you can scholarship. play it in a college scholarship? Like, it's going to be very difficult to convince still them that it's worth it to give you that scholarship. I mean, mm-hmm. you just have to play high-risk uh, qualifying games, right. I guess. But, Probably. Yeah. Like, I don't see any other way to do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. along with, but like, going off these these parents, you know, wanting to, the new generation of parents wanting to do this, right. as, of, as of the state of esports right now, and the generations that are currently conflicting with this idea of, you know, getting esports on the road, getting everyone involved in this, is that um, a lot like a lot of people will send donations, they'll fund sport events, they'll do all these things. But computer you, companies love to fund and get their name out there. Yes, absolutely love to give away money and get their name out there because they have so much of it. Yeah. And mm. to send a computer or two or Let's say you get sponsored by Logitech and they send 10 mice, you know, that's nothing to them. Mm-hmm. And I think schools don't really realize how much support they would get from companies too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put your name at the top left-hand corner. There you go. There's your publicity for our team with your name on it and they'll love that. So. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to pro stuff, sometimes it really does work when it comes to like sponsorships. So they actually get the money they get back from it. Mm-hmm. like. I know. Well, I, yeah, I'm sure it works. Like the viewership on these things, it's like that it's everyone's like trying to get their getting a Super Bowl commercial, in. but like better. But yeah. like all the time, all, every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially because some of these tournaments last for a while. Like, uh, especially like all throughout yeah. the year. Like it's basically doing like playoffs and stuff. Like you have mm-hmm. your your preseason, and then you get into like trying to build your way up through all the different tournaments and then you get into the semifinals and you finally reach the finals and viewership's at an all-time high then mm-hmm. because yeah, they've been watching these teams all season but now it's the big event of the year and if you slap your logo on there like because like 
when when you're watching an event, obviously it does focus on the game a lot of the time, but it'll pan across players. It'll show what people are doing, and if you look at like their outfits, like they wear actual like kind of well, uniforms, uniforms basically, and you know they can just trick out their uniform with all these different brands and logos, and people see that and they pay attention to that. Like I know a, a couple things, like uh, a lot of people, a lot of like streamers and YouTubers and stuff, they get uh, sponsored by things like uh, G Fuel or mm-hmm. Gamersups or things like that. And they're like always, like every time you watch one of their videos, it's always sitting off to the side and they're drinking it during a video or something. And like, mm-hmm. you know, when you watch a big name YouTuber, you're paying attention to some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like they get their own br- like their own brand or like their own flavor or something of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really shows. Their merch or whatever. Yeah. No, Definitely. Well, yeah, I've been looking right here, and um, there's a team called DWG Kia that comes out of uh, that comes out of Korea, and they're currently get like pushing a million dollars a year from the car company Kia, and they actually, and this article talks about how like they get their money back because you know they gimmicks like that typically work when it comes to esports teams, right? To get sponsor money back, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, like it's. That's, and I feel like a lot of the time these esports, like the people at the top, they have their own streaming service, and mm-hmm. a lot of the time that means that their viewers are feeling a more personal connection to them than your typical athlete would, which means that they're going to take their advice and like their recommendations on what to go buy. So they're driving a Kia, they're putting out Kia sponsorship ads. Well, you're watching that person six hours a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you have a more <coughs> personal connection with them to go trust that and go buy that. And yeah, those sponsorship deals are ridiculous. And I, and I feel like almost basically 99%, if not basically all of eSport competitors have their own like Twitch or their own YouTube. They have some kind of service yeah, yeah. because you know, they're not always in tournaments all year long. And they, they need a job in the meantime, but you know, what is their most marketable skill? Gaming, because they're, they're professionals. They know what they want, they know what they do. So they put it on YouTube, they get, they put it on Twitch, they get tons of, tons of subscribers, they get donations, they, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll come out with their own merch, they'll do all these different mm-hmm. things, and they make a sustainable career off of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't always have to be in a tournament setting. And, you know, like, some people even, like, get replaced. Because I know one, one big game that was huge in the esports scene for a while was Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And one thing about Overwatch, this, this might be a little more complicated to explain simply, but uh, um, basically at one point in time, there was a certain way to play the game. It's w- what we like to refer to as a meta. Yeah. And basically, this, this was the way it was always played because if you played something that was not the best, then you didn't have a good chance to win. You wanted to play what was best, you wanted to play what would give you the win, because this was competitive, you wanted to get, you know, the prize pool. And eventually, the game devolved into a state where the meta, or the way that you have to play, basically, in order, became, to, win. In order to win, became so just unfun to watch, unfun to play, that, the, like, that these big big names in esports just left their teams, or in one case, one of them was just straight up replaced by the like the coaches and the team, because the meta required like the role that he played on the team was no longer needed. 
it was just gone. No, nobody played. Nobody played what he did anymore. So they just kind of dropped him. Hmm. And it's like it. Esports can still be cutthroat because if if you lose if you lose your edge if you're not as talented anymore as you once were, there's a chance that you could just be gone. That's millions of dollars that, that your team could lose. So mm-hmm. Like we don't want to lose millions of dollars that we could possibly have. So yeah, but at the same time, you know, when they do retire, they still have, like these big names have huge fan bases. They have big followings, so they can just retreat back to Twitch. They can just go back to YouTube. They can just go back, relax, and just you know. Still have stuff coming. Still in. have an income. A lot of in. times, ex esports players, pro players, make more money after their career from, you know, like Having YouTube it. and Twitch and stuff like that. You know, well, it's, it's a more consistent way of living. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you have a big uh, fan base, because if you have a small one, you can't sustain off of that. Mm-hmm. But if you manage to get a big following, if you come off the esports scene hot and trendy. Then, then you're basically good to go. People are going to watch you. People are going to enjoy you. You'll get donations paid. You'll get, you know, this. Uh, you'll get uh, brand deals, all that stuff, advertisements. Like you're, you're, you're safe. You're safe to use that as a career. And did you struck where you had something, Russell? Uh, I'm just looking at a list because I was like, yeah, I, I, I can't remember the name of him, but I was thinking that there was a, a specific esport player that like has stopped really doing a lot of esports tournaments and have really just switched to like Twitch and his name is Dr. Lupo. He's still active in the esports mm. community, but I don't think he really is uh, solid on his team anymore. He also lives in Omaha. Yeah. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, I heard that. I didn't know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He but he typically doesn't he still does a lot of esports tournaments and still does that, but his main income now has it's really Twitch. He could he, he could quit tournaments and still make and it wouldn't really be a plenty. dent in his income. That's, there are a lot of like he's one players, yeah. I guess, similar to that, who make a personality on the big stage, and people want to watch that on a day-to-day basis and can turn live streaming or just posting on YouTube into their full-time job as opposed to the esports world, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of the bigger names out there in content creation. Yeah. 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 But overall, if there's anything to take from this is that Esports is on the rise. It's a it's becoming a real career, and it could be coming to high schools. It's already in co- it's already in a lot of colleges, and it's coming to more and more high schools. It, I just feel like the next generation sports, as well as well as the regular sports, there will be esports, mm-hmm. and there will be a lot of opportunities for them. So mm-hmm. I just think that's a good thing to think about. So uh, that's about all the time we have for Six Guys Talking, and we hope to catch you on the next episode.